the sky and worry in my mind. Looks like we're in the clear, clear, clear. Welcome everybody back to another episode of Stock Battles. Hey Dad, how you doing? Hey Brandon, I'm doing well, thanks. Good morning. Looking forward to this battle today. The sixth, I think, in our series, right? The sixth in our series, and I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to win this one. Okay, good, because you need to, because one of the things, we took, we got a recommendation from a viewer to recap before we do it. Let's go through that recap uh, soon, and then we'll see. I think you need to you need to win this one, Brad. I need, a, I need a win here. So yeah, that's why I'm pulling out the big guns and nice. I'm quite confident in this one. But yeah, let's, let's why, why don't we start with that? Why don't we recap our previous picks and you put together a really nice, what is this, a table of sorts or a little slide show or a slide. And yeah, we're going to go through them one by one. Our first battle that took place back in March of 2021. So this goes way mm-hmm. back, but your pick was Costco. My pick was Facebook. And you see mm-hmm. the votes down in the comment section below overwhelmingly in your favor. That said, you know, the performance has been relatively similar. So I think we can say on a performance level, we notched out, at least looking so far this, uh, as time yeah. has gone on. But, uh, but clearly the favorite went with your pick with Costco. I think you would say, and this one, I won the battle, but the company, the, the, the popularity the contest, the popularity contest, but the performance has been uh, amazingly similar. Similar with both. I'm looking here. They both performed up about 42%, um, almost identical, actually. So we can notch that off as a fair battle. Well, let's, Interesting. Yeah. A different path. When you look at the chart, you'll see Costco very slow and steady. You'll see Facebook with you know a, a more movement. A more up and down. The, that, but what are we, yeah. five months later, whatever it is, uh, pretty similar numbers. That's right. And we yeah. noticed that, too, in our Quest Trade versus Well Simple Challenge portfolio. Mm-hmm. It's just very, very different meth, uh, paths of getting there. But let's move on to stock number, our battle number two, which took place on March 25th. Mm-hmm. CVS, again, your pick had the popularity vote with 64 votes in the comment section. Mine was Alibaba. Okay, we're going to have to give this one to you because CVS is up 14% since. And since that video, Baba's been a big loser down 25%. And we all know, know the story there. So we're not even going to touch on that in this video. We're going to skip right next to stock battle number three, which was Suncor versus CNR. I don't know how you keep winning all these battles. Dad. I, I think it's just <laughs> the like, gray hair. I think people think, oh, they, this guy must know something so. that we don't know. <laughs> yeah. In the comments, they say they don't like my hat. They say they're not going to listen to someone in a hat. But you yeah. know what? This one, on this one, they should have listened to you. Yeah, they should have listened because very fewer votes, but uh, yeah, pretty even across the board. But CNR is up 11% at the point of filming versus Suncor has been down 11%. Um, I guess that's how the cookie crumbles sometimes, as they say. And I'm a little bit bit surprised by the the small number of votes in that one. I'm not sure why, whether people just weren't keen on either of those. I'm not sure, but uh, I would encourage if you're watching, I'd encourage you. Because this is a battle, we need some numbers to see who wins A, the actual vote voting count, but also B, ah, the performance as it goes by in time. So uh, for sure, you to leave your vote on it for each of these. Big time. Always leave the comments down below. Two more to recap. On May 28th, you chose Microsoft. Mm-hmm. And this one, I won the popularity vote. You blew me away, big, doubled, doubled the numbers. Big, big time with Algonquin Power, but hey. You've seen you've seen much better performance in the stock. Both are positive, but Microsoft up twenty one point four percent versus Algonquin up uh, looks about six percent here, six point eight percent. So both positive, but yeah, definitely better performance out of your selection. And our most recent pick, mm-hmm. there was a very very big difference, and ninety percent I think for you, eh? 
And that's funny because I thought, based on my pick, I was going to be the, the big loser in the popularity vote. But we had 51 to 5 votes. Uh, both stocks have performed poorly since then, down about 4%, and then Bosch down about 8%. But again, that was just, what was that, a month or two ago? I guess that, that was in was July. Two months ago now, yeah. yeah. Two months ago in July. But that's the past. You know, Today, we are going to be diving into a, a stock battle. And I think this one's going to be a really good one. I think we've both selected some American stocks. You don't even know a stock I picked. So I you're no going to be you'll hopefully be pleasantly surprised, but I think I am gonna let you take it away. If you viewers are watching this video, you enjoy this series, please take a moment to drop a big thumbs up. And I will remind you that as always, if you are looking for training, if you want some additional sources of information in the stock market, you can click the link below to check out our investing academy. All sorts of stuff on there that you could experiment with and check out, but let's dive on into the video. Dad, I'll get you up on the full screen so you can take it away with your pick. Well, I'm going to start with uh, an American company today, and this is uh, one of the the global, uh, the, the large global uh, pharmaceutical companies. The name is Merck, and the ticker is MRK. Trades on the U.S. stock exchanges, usually around currently trading at around seventy-two dollars a share. Market cap of one hundred and eighty-two billion dollars. So that makes it one of the large global pharmaceutical companies. <clears throat> Certainly not the largest, but definitely a contender. A little bit about the company. The company uh, operates, as I mentioned, it's a global healthcare company, two main segments, the pharmaceutical segment, and they also have a, a strong and a growing animal health segment. As you can see by the chart I'm putting up uh, on the screen here, they have a, a very large global presence operating in, in a number of different companies. In addition to having their own line of products that they develop themselves, Merck has also been very active in the acquisitions. And we can see by this table here, they have a, a, they've had a number of acquisitions in the various categories that they uh, that they work in, and they've had strategic collaborations and licensing agreements with some of the other major players out there in, in on oh you know across the across the globe. So very strong depth to the company is one of the things I, I like in this um, in this space. You really need to have more than just a product that you're working on today you also have to have those agreements and, and a long uh, a deep pipeline but speaking of the products that they have today whether you've heard of the drug called keytruda or not you've probably seen some ads on tv they seem to be everywhere or maybe at least on the channels that i watch but keytruda <laughs> is, is their largest uh seller right now and it makes up about 30 percent of their overall sales this is a uh, a cancer drug and they treat skin cancer lung cancer head and neck cancer cancer amongst others, and they're still in the approval stage to, to grow the depth of, of that. They do have first mover advantage. Um, and I think that this is going to be <clears throat> key, no pun intended, to the, the, the ongoing strength of Merck uh, as we go down in the, number, in the coming years. They do have uh, patent protection on this for a number of years going out. Obviously in this space, a concern is always uh, when a drug comes off pat off patent and it goes to the generic. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think you have a frog in your throat. <clears throat> I think I do, Brandon. Let me have some water here. <laughs> okay, I'll get you back on. Maybe this I need I need to take some kind of a some sort of medicine. Uh, yeah. Throat. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I definitely have a frog in my throat this morning, and so I'll I'll try and make this brief and short, but convincing, so I win the stock battle. Uh, so I was just saying, uh, Keytruda is is a um, like I say, it's it's a a key piece of what the company is doing right now i'm confident that this you know 30 percent of their revenues today and growing uh will continue to thrive in the coming years as they have a, a pretty good uh runway ahead of them as far as uh, patent protection is concerned this company obviously has a very wide moat you don't just go out and start a pharmaceutical company of this scale um the economies of scale that they that they have uh, are you know 
hard to uh, hard to compete with. When you think about it, it takes about eight hundred million to a billion dollars to wow. to develop a drug from you know inception to marketing. So that's uh, and you also have to clearly have the infrastructure in place. So not a lot of people are just going to go out and start uh, competing with with these types of companies. Mentioned earlier, the two segments they have are pharmaceuticals and uh, the animal health. So pharmaceuticals, they have drugs in the oncology space, uh, vaccines, a hospital and specialty care treatments. And then they have the uh, the animal health uh, space as well. So as far as a pipeline is concerned, they do already have this lineup of, of you know, good, strong, dependable high margin drugs, but they also need to continue to develop. And I'll show you this, the strong pipeline that they have here. I'm not going to go through all of these and I don't even know if you can see the chart in any uh, you know depth as far as the detail of it is concerned. But suffice to say, they have a, a lot uh, under development in phase two, phase three. And on the right hand side of this under regulatory review, these are drugs that are more likely to come out in the not too distant future. They have um, in their most recent, their Q2 2021 report, you can see that they have more than 90 potential approvals that are expected uh, within the next seven years or so, and 50 of those expected by 2025. So um, on, uh, the, like I say, that pipeline is just full of new drugs coming out to uh, sustain the longevity of the company itself. In addition to their own products, they have these partnerships I talked about earlier uh, for external drugs. The, you know Some of the bigger names, Bayer, AstraZeneca, you can see uh, how they've partnered up with other companies there in licensing agreements. They do have headwinds and I'm not going to ignore those because anytime you're looking at a company, you have to assess the strength, but also the weaknesses. And, you know, one of the big headwinds uh, that I think will come uh, to fruition probably uh, in the coming months or certainly by 2022 is, you know, the Biden administration has talked a lot about raising the taxes on, on this type of a company. And the, the tax rate is expected to go from the current 21% up to 26, 28, somewhere in that range. Clearly that will have an impact. Uh, that said, it's nothing that is going to change my opinion on you know whether the you know the company is going to remain viable. Another thing in uh, in on September the seventh, uh, Morgan Stanley actually downgraded the Merck you know the, their rating on Merck, uh, not to a seller or anything, but from an uh, overweight to an equal weight. And you can see uh, by the the recent pullback, uh, rate timing is around there. The stock has dropped about nine percent since that time, uh, from around the seventy eight and a half dollar range, pulled down to the you know the current trading range at about seventy one and a half. When I see a great company uh, pull back like that, I look for okay, why did this happen? Is this an opportunity to pick it up, or is there something fundamentally that has changed uh, to, in the company that would make it you know a, a sell? I don't see that here. I just see this as a market reaction to the pullback and I'm very confident in the company. Let's look at some of the numbers with Merck. In the 2020 uh, full year results, we see that uh, their revenues were $48 billion worldwide. Of that $43 billion, the biggest part in the pharmaceutical area and uh, almost $5 billion in animal health sales, they've had strong global recovery. Now these are, we're looking at Q2 2022, Q2 2021 numbers very strong growth across all geographies. And I'm not gonna go through each of these, but when you look at this chart, you can see across the globe numbers uh, looking very strong and their guidance in this report uh, guided up from that 48 billion roughly to about the $52 billion range in 2022. Um, each of the divisions themselves, oncology, you'll see good growth there. You'll see in the vaccines, in the hospital care, and a strong 27% year-over-year growth in their animal health division. 
2021, sales were up 19% to about $11.4 billion. I am going to look now at some of the, the you know, look at, take a fundamental look um, at the company itself and starting with valuation. The current price to earnings ratio for the trailing 12 months is 12.1. When we look at the history or the, the patterns of Merck, we'll see that their five year average uh, price to earnings ratio on a, on a, uh, a trailing 12 month basis is 15.73. So they're currently trading around 20%, 21% beneath that longer term average. From a median perspective, uh, Merck's at 12 to 12 and a half, and the median sector is 24.13. When we look down this chart a little bit further, we look at the price to sales. Currently, Merck is at 360. The, the sector median is eight, uh, you know, just over eight, and Merck's own five-year average is 4.37. Uh, you look at, for example, price to book on the bottom line here. Even there, although they are higher than the industry average, they are trading about 12% below their five-year average. So that's one of the things we can look and see, you know, using those valuation metrics as a starting point, uh, where are they historically? And we can see there's a potential for some attractive valuations there. They do pay a, a very nice dividend uh, if for, for this space. They're currently yielding around 3.63%. So on that itself, with a growing dividend, you think that's good. Now, there is going to be some, um, you know, some astute viewers who are going to say, but look at their payout ratio, and justifiably so. Let's take a look at that. They're currently trading uh, with a trailing 12-month payout ratio of 115%. So understandably, the question is, well, can they continue to pay that, or is this just a mirage, and they're going to be uh, cutting dividends soon, and of course, when they cut dividends, uh, that typically will impact the share price. If we, again, look at the history, this is very interesting where their trailing 12-month payout ratio, the five-year average is 120. This seems very high, even if we look at the dividend, the, the cash dividend payout uh, ratio, currently at 113, a five-year average of 78. So you could say, well, how is this sustainable? And when we look at this next chart, we're going to look at dividends per share, which money is the money going out, and free cash flow per share. So the first chart I'm going to show you here looks back the trailing 12 months. Now, in the last year or so, we've seen that in most of those quarters, the dividend payment has gone out more than the free cash flow. Let's look at their actual earnings. So the earnings per share, and we're represented here by the green lines, um, shows that they're easily covering the, uh, the dividends per share. This is one of those examples where in certain industries, you have to marry some of these metrics up. If you just look at one of them, for example, the payout ratio, you may say, you know, I'm not gonna touch this stock because of that. I'm very comfortable based on the history of the company and the fact that they uh, usually have that high a multiple on their payout ratio or the high percentage on the payout ratio and uh, looking at the the predictable earnings that they have I'm under no uh, concern I have no concerns that they're going to be cutting that dividend uh, anytime soon now even if they did cut the dividend I mean th that, that will affect the short-term uh, movement in the stock it still doesn't mean to me that this company isn't a good company to own in most portfolios Having a look at uh, just some of the technical indicators that I looked at when I was uh, starting to look at this company in a little bit more detail, we'll see that they are trading uh, below their 200-day uh, moving average. It's a simple moving average, just one of those things that you can, can look at to form a bigger piece of the puzzle. You'll notice that uh, earlier in the year, they dipped below the 200-day moving average and it slowly kept moving up, up above up until very recently when they pulled back below 
often when you look at this this metric of a, of a simple moving average, when a company does start trading below that moving average, that means that there's some more potential upside. Now, I'm also going to look at the relative strength index. Where are they, 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 they now? Well, they're trading at close to um, oversold territory. They're trading right at that 30, sort of the magical 30 number. Um, and so that's a sign. Now, we look at the MACD as well. Uh, then the number there's, there has not been a, a positive crossover yet. Uh, I, it looks like we're sort of seeing a bit of a flattening there. Again, if we look back to earlier in the year, we'll see when we did see the low RSI married up with that uh, crossover on the on the MACD, we did see a, a, a pretty good uptick in the share price of the company itself. I would expect that uh, to repeat uh, when we do get those positive movements from those technical looks going to look now at the price targets. So the analysts are pricing, uh, giving a, a median target of $94. Now, the, you know, the math, let's do that on that. The stock is currently trading at around $71.50. So there's about a 30% or so upside. If you simply look at uh, this from a, tar a target uh, price target perspective, this is a company that I think is going to have slow, steady, continued growth. Uh, it's in a very solid company. I mean, the you know, healthcare, pharmaceuticals, they're not going anywhere. Uh, does pay that solid dividend, which I think is really key uh, to um, to a, a portfolio. And I believe that right now is a, an opportunity. It's, it looks like it may be oversold. Uh, clearly, it got, a, it got hit when uh, Morgan Stanley gave it that downgrade. Uh, but I think this is an opportunity to go in. And for our battle today, uh, Merck is my pick. And I'm really looking forward to um, to hearing what your pick is today, Brandon. And for those viewers, uh, once you've heard both, if you like, uh, remember, please leave the vote because that's critical to this whole series, the stock battles. We need to have a clear winner in this one. Yeah, what a what a good presentation. Ton of information there. But I say big pharma, big down Oh, votes. interesting. <laughs> yeah, at least at least in today's pick. Where I know, think I'm, for I'm today's pick, yeah, I think I think that's uh, I think you've been watching too much of the of the upcoming federal election politics, where it's uh, we call that you know we're you're battling not only in the in the uh, in the stocks here, but we're battling for the uh, the reputation as well. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, like you said, leave your votes down below, guys. If you enjoyed Mark's analysis, there, give this video a thumbs up as a quick reminder. But hey, why don't I take over the screen and go with my pick? Hey everybody, it's Brandon here. I'd like to interrupt today's episode very briefly to remind you that if you're looking for more training in the Canadian stock market, don't hesitate to check out our Investing Academy. You can join our private membership group and get access to our top stock picks, trade calls, portfolio insights, and a variety of tools that are helping our members all across the country better their own investing journeys. All it takes is one great stock idea or tip, and that alone can cover years and years of your subscription to our membership group. If you're looking for some additional video training to broaden your knowledge and expand your understanding of the stock market in Canada, we do of course offer a fully video online training program where you can learn from the comfort of your home amongst a variety of students across the country. Both of these products can be found at www.theinvestingacademy.ca where you can sign up for them online or schedule a call with us to learn more. Now back to our scheduled episode. very different type of company because we're going with one of the largest companies in the world today. It is Amazon ticker A M Z N. And yes, the share straight trade at $3,462 USD. You'll note the market cap of 1.75 trillion. So it's got some size on your company there, dad. Um, like I said, one of the largest in the world. And before we start getting a bunch of haters down below saying, 
this stock is too expensive, you know, pick cheaper stock because we do get that all the time. I will remind our Canadian viewers, for those that have not been following up with the industry, platforms like Wealth Simple Trade now do offer fractional trading on stocks like Amazon and a number of others. But how cool is that, that you can go in and buy a share like this, which trades at a very, very high dollar price. You can go in and invest as, invest as little as $5 or $10. And actually, I do have a tip as well, which is somewhat unrelated. But earlier uh, in the month, we did have a couple students in our academy actually mention that if you do reach out to your brokers, your brokerages, some of them are actually offering commission-free trading in efforts to keep up with National Bank. And I know, Dad, you saw that within our Discord. Uh, some of the students were basically threatening their brokerages that they're going to move over to National Bank as they did announce they're going to be cutting their commissions. And I know Desjardins or Desjardins, uh, a couple of other ones, students have had success with asking their brokerage about it and them simply cutting down the fees for them going to zero commissions. So that's completely unrelated to the stock. But if that's going to get me you know, an extra vote or two, there's your fun Jeez. tip of the day. You know, like I said, I got to do what I got to do for this battle. Oh man, that is unfair, Brandon, but okay, take it away. <laughs> yeah, that was a bit bad, but okay. Let's start with the overview of Amazon. Um, we're not going to get into the overview the same way we did with Merck because you guys are well, way more familiar with Amazon, but I found a couple of funny photos, which dates back to back in the day with Jeff Bezos and uh, him starting off his little company back at selling books. Obviously we know today that they are in a much different space, very positive, um, uh, I guess overall look from a top-down level is they're right where you want to be in terms of e-commerce as well as in terms of the cloud. And so many people sleep on the cloud with Amazon, uh, believe it or not. And we're going to talk about that a lot today. But the first reason that I like Amazon as a stock, even at the expensive price today, is that when you take a look at their numbers, they are growing and they are growing like a wildfire. And more importantly, they're becoming a much more efficient company. And for the for the regular viewers of our channel, we, we haven't really looked at a page like this all too often, so this may look new to you, but it's essentially just a, a breakdown of some growth statistics over some of the key areas that we like to look at. For example, revenue growth, year on year, operating income, net income, and of course, earnings per share. But if you hover over to the right side of this chart, this company is growing revenues on, let's say, a three-year or a five-year number up at about 30%, and that is outstanding for such a large company. You take a look down to the operating income, we see even higher numbers. And of course, what's most important is not just the revenue, but on the bottom line, earnings, or net income, I should say, as well as earning per, earnings per share, we are seeing tremendous, tremendous growth over three, five, and of course, the 10-year periods. This is a chart that you guys are probably much more familiar with, and it just displays it in more of a timeline form. And uh, I've highlighted just the revenue. If you want to know what 30% growth looks like on these numbers, well, you're looking at exactly that. In 2020, or I should say actually in the trailing 12 months, $443 billion this company did in sales. <clears throat> I got a frog in my throat now. Uh, $443 billion. Let that sink in for a second. But actually, more than just the revenue, what I want to focus on is these improving margins, both on a gross and both on an operating margin level we are seeing these numbers tick up and this is all being passed through to the bottom line. And why I think we are seeing this 
increase in margins. And granted, this is a stock that for many, many years, if you go back in time, people argued that this company may never be profitable and that it was doomed for failure and they weren't making any money. Well, clearly that's no longer a question. They're doing well. And I think there's more room to go forward because for one example of why we're seeing these margins increase with Amazon, in particular, their third party sellers that essentially sell products on the platform. There's a chart that I can share with you guys that just shows the growth of this, um, I guess, this angle on their business. And from basically looking back to about 2007, when they made up about 25% of total sales on the e-commerce platform, now we see that up at above 50%. In fact, I believe it's sitting at about 55%. So over half of the sales that take place on the Amazon uh, e-commerce platform <clears throat> are by third-party sellers. And for those that don't know exactly what that means, you know, when you go and buy random things on Amazon, a, sh a salt shaker or, you know, whatever people do buy on Amazon, dad, I know you buy a bunch of stuff on Amazon. Um, very commonly, you're actually buying from just a third party person, from someone completely independent, maybe someone like a drop shipper, someone doing, uh, you know, Amazon FBA, and they're essentially fulfilling these um, orders. And that's what they do. But these third party uh, sellers basically use Amazon as this hub. And that's actually a very a more profitable area for Amazon rather than them doing it all on their own. They can uh, essentially take more money in and essentially charge uh, fees on those transactions. And that's, of course, one of the reasons why, as we've seen this number uptick, well, that's a great example of how their margins are expanding. Another example of how people you know, may overlook Amazon is just the growth of Amazon Web Services. So when you hear about Amazon AWS, Amazon Web Services, this is a clip from their most recent quarter, and it doesn't even quite fit on the screen, the amount of things that they've done. And this is all in the recent quarter. But here's just some of the notable additions that are happening behind the scenes with AWS. And this is, you know, working out deals and taking on uh, basically businesses such as Swisscom, Bell Canada, BMO, Bank Columbia, Columbia, uh, Ferrari, NHL. Again, this this goes on further, but I'm just going to share with you one clip here. As consumers, we are not the ones facing Amazon Web Service. You know, when we think about the cloud segment, you know, we're using things like Google Drive and Dropbox and whatever it is. But these large corporations, they need cloud computing. They do all sorts of things in the cloud. And Amazon is by far the leader. And as we saw in this recent quarter, it's just um, they're using that leading advantage to just leverage and just scale and scale and scale. And companies just resort to Amazon Web Services because they do a, ph a phenomenal job. And again, this portion of their business is a higher margin part of their business in general. In the recent quarter, we see this displayed in the reports. When we take a look at the numbers, AWS grew alone this segment 37% year over year, which is $14 billion, 14.8, I should say, in the quarter. And again, to me, there is just such a big runway ahead when you think about the total revenues that this company does and how fast they're growing this portion of their business. Another thing that I really like about Amazon is they have so much flexibility with where they take the company going forward because they're in such a strong financial position. And I brought up that picture at the beginning of this uh, presentation to kind of like preface it and say, you know, when Amazon started, it was a book company. It was an online bookseller and that's how it started. But today we know Amazon as so much more. 
They have things like the fire stick, you know, TVs, not that that's something for me, but you know, clearly there's people out there using it. Uh, you have all these fun ideas that they're trying the grocery stores, um, bookstores, like they, they're really just spreading their fingers and getting more depth within the company. I heard on a podcast recently or earlier in the week, they're working on a deal uh, for the NFL. And this would be part of their prime members get access to this. Amazon likely the front runner for multi-year NFL Sunday ticket deal. Sources say they already do. Uh, I have have some rights. I think they paid about a billion dollars for some rights um, on an, on the NFL. But they're looking to scale that up about, about a two point five billion dollar deal, getting into different areas. As I mentioned, I've even heard talks that they're working on an Amazon TV. And why this is important to me is not necessarily those unique things that I mentioned. But companies like Amazon or Google or Apple that are so large and so big and have such deep pockets, they can try these different types of things. They can experiment without really putting their company company in jeopardy because in the big scheme of things, you know, if they take a, if something flops or if it doesn't work out as planned, they still know they have their core of their business that's working well, but they're at least able to take these shots, you know, like throw a, what is it? Throw a noodle at the wall and see what sticks or something like that. Um, that's kind of the, the space they're in. And again, from a bookstore to where they are now, I think there's more runway ahead. You look at Apple as another great example, uh, a company that was once more niche down in what they do. Now you got the, you know, the, the iWatches, right? Fitness space. You hear talks about the Apple cars, these big companies, uh, you know, essentially they're, they're few, the possibilities that lay ahead for the futures for the future are so large. And that's something that, you know, I, I don't think should be underlooked with a company like Amazon. Last but not least, I know this is kind of a cop out one, but given the state that we're or given the time of the month of the year that we are in, we are, of course, coming up to the holiday quarter. And that means Christmas shopping. That means Black Friday. And, you know, I'm thinking about this. I hate going Christmas shopping to begin with in a normal year when the malls are packed and there's people running around and you can't even get into the stores, especially with uh, the coronavirus out there and people are less likely to go out to these public places to go do their shopping. Where's everybody going to go for their Christmas stuff? Where's everybody going to go for their gifts? We've seen it year after year that there's just more and more, um, more and more people are spending money online coming up to this Christmas season. I don't anticipate that to change. In fact, I only think it will become uh, more apparent and you know here in Canada it's getting you know better than a lot of places but in the states you know you still have a lot of areas that are still seeing severe numbers in the COVID results um, the COVID tests right and those types of people it's pretty clear to me that they'll be shopping online so as with most companies that operate in the retail space uh, brick and mortar or online this is their best quarter. This is where most of the money is made. And I don't see that being the case, um, anything else other than that with Amazon. So overall that it's, um, yeah, more of a top down view for me. I know people would think that Amazon is, uh, I guess, a, a expensive stock and that it's, you know, um, trading at too high of a valuation. But when I look at the numbers, I actually don't agree whatsoever. And, you know, looking forward over the next decade or two, the possibilities in the future, um, it's exciting to think about. So for a stock that trades today at, again, $3,462 USD, it is a high ticket if you want to go out and buy those shares in and of themselves. But with those new options of getting fractional trading and whatnot, it's becoming more and more possible. Um, I've been a big Amazon shareholder for a while now. And I actually, you know, after doing my research on this, it makes me want to bump up my shares even more. In fact, I might actually do that. <laughs> that's the ticker AMZN. 
I had to bring out the big guns today. I know a lot of people don't like Bezos, and that's, you know, they want to see him, like, not come back to Earth when he goes up, uh, <laughs> whatnot. But, hey, that's uh, to each their own. Amazon is just, a, I think, a phenomenal business, and one that, in a way, is kind of getting underlooked at right now. Um, but, yeah, that's that's my pick for today. You brought out the big guns, no question, today. Now, couple of things I got to say. Did you actually compare AWS to Dropbox? What I was saying was that as a consumer, <laughs> as a consumer, we may be more familiar with services like that. But Do we use it. Dropbox anymore? Is that still a thing? Apparently some people. Um, well, I... I I kind of forgot it existed with uh, with all of the the big players in that space, but I'm I with you. Was, I think that's on the way out. That's but pretty yeah. aggressive. Also, what you just said, I, I really enjoyed your presentation, Brandon, and uh, it it made me think specific to this stock battle series that we're doing, because as we know, most of the companies that we would advocate to buy in a portfolio are companies that you will hold for years and years or decades. Mm -hmm. In a case like this, and I was recently, you know, just looking at, I mean, I, I own shares of Costco and I was looking at, you know, they've, they've had a good run. That was one of the, that was the first pick I, I uh, used in this series. Mm -hmm, in and in a real portfolio, I would actually be looking at, depending on what percentage of your portfolio Costco was, I mean, it may be time to trim the position. Now in this series we have going, there is no trim. You buy, and then we do these these measurements to see who's you know who's winning in that respect. Right. I would I think it might be a good idea to introduce a time frame, like say, you know, it, it's a six month pick or a one year pick, probably one year's um, fairer for the purposes of this. Uh, you know, I'm with you. If we're going to look out over the next three decades, I would pick Amazon over over um, uh, Merck, no question. But today, where we are mm -hmm. for the next mm -hmm. time frame, that's a trickier thing. So I don't know whether sure. I, I'd be curious to see whether our viewers, you know, would like that. And then the battle would essentially come to an end after, let's say, a year. And yeah. then, you you know, you chalk it up, you know, from a from a performance perspective. So interesting. Uh, that's a fair thought. Yeah, that's a fair thought. Maybe that's something we can discuss off camera and as well get feedback from the viewers. Mm -hmm. Because that, that does totally make sense. And again, yeah, it's two different ball ballparks what we're talking about but um we should kind of set we should set those defined you know guidelines that we exactly you know i, I really like that thought. i think as long as we don't it's not doesn't come across as though we're promoting like trading and and you know mm -hmm. uh, because these are companies that we would buy for the longer term but i mean if you look at bosch and the last time around um you know it was because of the sort of the turnaround event they're going through i picked it for a stock battle so yeah be, i'm very curious to see if uh, I, I don't know i'm going to propose let's say a year so after mm -hmm. a year we'll mm -hmm. measure so we have two two battles one is who's going to get the votes and then yeah. Uh, the second would be after a year, you know, who won that actual battle. So it'd be interesting. Yeah, I don't think the the popularity vote is even that important, honestly. If people like that, that doesn't really matter. I, I think it matters because I've I've had more popular picks so far. So uh, well, hey, um, yeah, that's a great suggestion, Dad. If you guys have made it around this far in the video, first and foremost, please do drop a big thumbs up because that does go a long way for the channel. If you enjoyed the picks, if you enjoyed uh, our presentations here, that really does help out. But more importantly than that, leave your comments down below on which pick was better and as well your thoughts on maybe a time frame or setting something in, in store. Because as you mentioned, yeah, like there are certain stocks that have done well that maybe maybe in a position where we would trim them in our actual portfolios. We'd take some profits off the table, uh, maybe redeploy those. Um, mm -hmm. but. But again, you, you know, we can't really 
given the nature of this, these videos, you can't do that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, we'd love to hear from you guys. I think that will wrap it up because this again is a long video as our videos always turn out to be, but that's okay. Cause we still got about be. an hour and a half till football starts. So yeah. it's all good. That's right. Go Hawks today. Yeah. They'll yeah. Go Hawks. Go. Yeah. Should be awesome. Good. Good. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, Dad, really good to see you and um, hopefully see you soon here on the mainland pretty I soon. I will be but... coming down in a couple of weeks, I think. Right. Look forward yeah. to seeing uh, flesh and blood and, doing some videos together. and the office you can see the office for those that haven't already subscribed to our second channel by the way we just did a really fun video documenting the signage that we got up um the whole process of getting the logos up installed on the wall so if you haven't checked out our second channel i'll put on a, i'll put a handle up on the page right now where you can go find that so go check that out go uh drop some uh, drop a subscribe drop a like and uh and let us know what you think over there spoiler alert uh there is a hostile takeover just talk yeah. of a hostile takeover. And I don't think I cried, but you guys thought I might. Is that right in this well, video? So when, when you get back, when you see it in person, that's when you're that's when it's gonna hit. Uh, that's what's really gonna resonate, right? Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, if yeah. you want to find out what we're talking about, go check out the second channel. Um, I think we can wrap it up there. Beautiful. Really good to see you, Dad. Thank you everybody you, for tuning. Yeah, thank you for everybody for tuning in. But we'll wrap up the stock battle and uh, can't wait to see the results down in the comment section below. Thanks everybody for tuning in.